Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Now, with a look at local, regional, and international NASCAR racing, here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. A lot of racing action took place across the United States and Canada this past weekend as racetracks and fans alike celebrated the 4th of July, which posed a lot of racing action as well. But the 4th of July weekend also signifies halfway through a lot of the race seasons here. Uh, hi, I'm Hannah Newhouse. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast. It is July 10th here on the Motor Racing Network, joined once again by Kyle. And Kyle, with the halfway mark in the season, the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series Division 1 points have recently been released again. I want to know where the summer has gone already. I mean, we're already into the second week of July, and and that signifies, you're right, halfway through, for the most part, for the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series and halfway through the schedules for a lot of NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series race tracks across the country, many of which haven't run a whole lot because of rainouts that we seem to talk about every week. But Peyton Sellers, our guest from a week ago, 62-point lead right now over Philip Morris. Of course, uh, they both run the Virginia late model circuit at South Boston, Southern National, Langley, Southern National, uh, a Dominion Raceway as well. A lot of the North Carolina and Virginia racetracks where they've been able to get a lot of events in. Jacob Gody, um, a distant third in those standings right now as he races in Wisconsin, up at Elko and Lacrosse. So uh, time to get uh, some of these drivers to get wins if they want to have a shot at a national championship. Right now, it appears to be a two-man race. Want to also take a moment, recognize some of the UNOH Youth Achievement drivers. These are drivers that run 14 to 17 years old uh, in, net, in the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series. It doesn't matter what division they run in. Uh, Megan Fuller, uh, the, the leader up here in Connecticut, leads the national standing. She is 17 years old. Uh, the daughter to 1993 Modified Tour champion Rick Fuller. She has a 10-point lead over a driver from your home racetrack, Santa. Zach Telford, he runs at Magic Valley in Meridian. So uh, a driver from one of my home tracks and a driver from your home tracks. The youth of the sport doing well in our regions of the country right now. Always awesome to see because we always see them, like you said, move up through the ranks and they eventually field uh, teams and drivers in the NASCAR Canyon Pro Series, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. But uh, back on the Division One points, it's actually really interesting that you said Peyton Sellers leading that effort right now. When we had him on the show, he discussed that he really wasn't looking to run for this national title. They were focused on the track championship. They were focused on running well at South Boston, who maybe doesn't run as many races or as many double headers as a lot of the other tracks, but here he finds himself leading the points. It'll be interesting to see that as the season progresses, if he decides to make an actual run for the championship again. And it's amazing how many times we hear that and have heard that over the last seven years of this show, when we get to the month of August and September and, and there's drivers in the top five in points that are within striking distance that really didn't, have a national championship built into their plan, and now they're they're almost panicking, 
trying to find as many races as possible. And if you wait too late, the last couple of weeks of August and into September, there's a lot of tracks you know, that are, are winding down their seasons or they take a break before their big fall show and they don't have an opportunity to get as many races in as they could have if they caught it, say, in late June or early July. So it'll be interesting to see if Peyton makes a run for the championship in his response to that question last week, I think he's already looking at reworking his schedule and maybe trying to get to Myrtle Beach more And because Myrtle Beach gets great car counts every week and, and good car counts equal more points. And I think that's what he's looking at right now. Always a fun story to follow as the season progresses. But speaking of halfway points in the season, this past weekend marked the halfway point for the NASCAR Wheel and Ameri- or I'm sorry, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour as they went some short track racing at Riverside, and a familiar name found his way back into victory lane, his third victory of the 2019 season. Yeah, this is the Buzz Shoe Chevrolet Cadillac 200, um, the first of two visits this year to the Riverhead Raceway on Long Island in New York, and once again. Justin Bonsignor picked up the win, his first of the year. That was not at the Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park, but he has always run well there. I think he has six or seven modified tour wins at the Long Island quarter-mile oval. It was a rough-and-tumble affair that came down to a overtime green-white checker finish between himself and John Beatty Jr., who, for some reason, elected to restart in the outside lane, giving Justin the advantage over those last two laps. They crashed coming across the finish line. It was a wild finish, typical bull ring racing when it comes to the modifieds. The fans got their money's worth, and they beat the rain because it was a rainstorm that uh, showed up at the racetrack not too long after that race was complete. Seemed like rainstorms everywhere. We watched it all play out in Daytona. We watched it play yep. out up north. But fortunately, seems like we got, for the most part, a lot of racing in. But yeah, green-white checkered. Got to see the video that was played back on Fans Choice for that wild finish. Doug Kobe and Timmy Salamito, deja vu for those two, tangle for the lead once again at this race at Riverside. It, it happened again, and, and it's happened, like you mentioned, several times before. Timmy Salamito, he hasn't won yet this season and knows that you know it, it's now or never to get back into the, the battle for the championship after a really tough start. I believe, when, I think we're talking like top 15 or, or finishes outside of the top 15 in the first handful races really put that Flamingo Motorsports team behind. Um, a desperate attempt, maybe, to take the lead, although I talked to some of their crew yesterday at one of the short tracks here in Connecticut, and they said, well, Doug kind of came down on him. I mean, Timmy had the spot. Doug came down to defend, and, and they came together. Doug got turned around. Came back to finish sixth, though, so it wasn't a complete throwaway day for Doug Kobe because he lost the championship four years ago because of a crash at Riverhead in practice. Couldn't get the car fixed and uh, had to sit out that event. So when all was said and done, not a too terrible day for Doug Kobe. And neither for Salamito as well. He rallied back to that third-place finish when you yep. looked at the top five. Justin Bonsignor with the win, obviously. Uh, John Beatty Jr. is coming home second. Salamito rallies back to third. Another great run for Ron Silk coming home fourth. And another strong run for Craig Lutz as well with that top five finish. Both Silk and Lutz have been strong so far this season. Very quietly strong <laughs> so far this season. Craig Lutz, you know, we talked to him after, I believe, the spring sizzler at Stafford where he finished in the top three. He's had several top five runs since then, including this race at the Riverhead Raceway, currently fourth in points, 65 points out of the lead. 
Still ahead of Timmy Salamito, who a lot of us thought were, was going to contend for the championship this year. Ronnie Silk, another good top five effort. He is second in points, 31 points out of the lead. So very quiet, but consistent for both of those drivers this season. Yeah, and Justin Bonfignor still in that third position in points. Only 32, so he's creeping up on Ron Silk, but still some gapage between him and points leader Doug Kobe. But halfway, anything can happen. The next race on the schedule being New Hampshire, somewhere Justin is good at. So will be interesting as the season goes on if anyone can make ground on Kobe or if Kobe will continue this really strong uh, streak of good runs. It's going to take a, a bad day with a big field. You know, Riverhead started, I believe, 24, 25 cars. You can lose a lot of points finishing last at Riverhead, but if you go to New Hampshire where they start 34 or 36 or 38 cars next week for 100 laps and you have a bad day early on, that uh, will really eat up into his lead in a hurry if Ron Silk or Justin Bonsignor go on to have good days. And it could happen. I mean, anything can happen at, at you know what we call the, the plate tracks or the plate track for the modified tour. And that, of course, is New Hampshire, where it's very similar to the stock cars in Daytona and Talladega, where the draft is key. We've seen a lot of big wrecks and uh, a lot of photo finishes there as well. So I can't wait to, to get up there next week. Well, with a win this past weekend at Riverside, Justin obviously making to look that uh, that ground on Doug Kobe, and we'll talk to him when we return here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. This past weekend, the NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour reached their halfway point in their season as they went short track racing at Riverhead up north. And the winner, making his third consecutive win at that racetrack, Justin Bonsignor, joins us on the guest line right now. Justin, thanks for coming on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Now, you made it that third consecutive win at Riverhead, also your third win for 2019, back-to-back, actually, um, in the past two events. Sigh of relief to get that win and close that gap, or how are you guys feeling about that win? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've uh, had a tough start to the season, so, you know, in the last uh, month of June, we had two good races at Seekonk, and then we won at Thompson, and uh, had a had a nice month off to regroup and kind of 
get everything set for the second half of the year, and uh, anytime you come back home to Riverhead, you, uh, you know, you're going to have a real good shot at uh, chasing a victory. And um, wasn't looking too good with 10, 15 or 10 to go, but uh, had a late green-white checkered there and was able to uh, pull one off. Let's talk about that green-white checkered for a moment. What goes through your mind as a driver when Beatty selects for the second consecutive restart the outside lane, knowing that there was only two laps left, um, and, and obviously you're going to restart to his inside. Uh, did you know at that point that you know you he all but maybe gave this away? I wouldn't say that, but I definitely felt comfortable uh, and confident. You know, in once he did choose the outside, I was really I was shocked that he would. Um, but knowing that on the previous restart when he did, I was able to hang with him for two or three laps on the bottom, and um, I knew if I was able to at least get a wheel up on him that maybe we could uh, bang bars and I'd be able to beat him back to the line. But uh, I also felt confident if he chose the bottom that I could uh, I could run in the VHT on the outside and, and have a good shot at it too. So I was uh, I was confident in either way. And uh, obviously I have a lot of experience at River Ed and I knew uh, what what to anticipate and how to time the restarts and just uh, you know did, did everything I had to do and uh, to get to victory lane and we were fortunate enough to uh, just squeak it out. Now, you'd mentioned it there. I'd read somewhere that they had laid down traction compound in that outside groove. We often see that little bull rings like this race primarily on the bottom. Everyone bottom feeds there. Now, you've won the last three races at Riverhead. Is this traction compound something that they always lay down, or is this new to this weekend, this past weekend's event? Uh, they've been doing it for the past few years since Eddie and Connie Partridge bought the racetrack. It's something they've tried, and uh, it's definitely changed how the racing you have to approach it there. It's gone from being a one-groove track on the bottom to where it was pretty even. Uh, and right now I feel like it's uh, you have to be up top, and it just makes it even tougher to pass. And, um, you know, at lap 190 on tires, you're, you're struggling as it is. And my car was, was not turning too good on the bottom, and I was trying to do everything I could. We were bouncing off of each other, and um, I was just close enough getting into three and four to, uh, to have a shot at it. And we banged nerf bars, and uh, then he hooked me across the line, but we were spinning backwards, and luckily we were the first one across. Outside of getting turned on the last lap or coming to the checkered flag, nine caution flags in that race, a bit of a rough and tumble affair, especially early on. Any close calls for you, especially in the opening laps? Uh, no, we had a pretty uneventful night up until that last green white checkered. Uh, we we stayed in the top two or three all night. Kind of um, had one restart where I got the lead in the beginning on the outside, and that kind of showed Doug how good the outside was and, uh, unfortunately, from there, I got pinned on the bottom on every restart for a while. And finally, I was able to uh, get the lead and only to give it away on my own uh, mistake on a restart. And kind of from there, we just had a second-place car at the end. Uh, John was you know, definitely the better car the last uh, 40 or 50 laps. And uh, I was content to run second and a little disappointed. But, uh, you know, like I said, when we got that green-white checkered, you know, it's uh, my home track and our guys uh, – our guys put it on my shoulders to, you know, kind of do what I needed to and, and whatever we could to get back to victory lane. And um, I, I had a shot, and I definitely went for it. And you'd mentioned it, River or Riverhead being your home track there. You've got win streaks going on, not only at Riverhead, but also at Thompson, two completely different racetracks, but two tracks that you find yourself very dominant at on a frequent basis. What is it about those tracks, and more specifically Riverhead, that – clicks with your driving style or what where do you guys attribute that success yeah i get asked about thompson all the time and i, I don't really have or have an answer on what whatever click there besides we just have really great race cars but when we come home to riverhead i uh, just have a lot of laps there i obviously grew, uh, grew up racing there and 
in go-karts and then in the stock cars and uh, ran modifieds there weekly. And that's one of the only racetracks in the Northeast that runs full-blown uh, tour-type modifieds on a weekly basis. So um, I have a lot of experience in that division. And when we unload and, and we go into the first two or three laps of practice, I, I know right away if my car is going to have it or not. And I just know exactly where we need to uh, get the car handled in practice uh, in the heat of the day to um, you know, the adjustments that we need to make for the race. So just um, a lot of laps there, really comfortable. And, um, you know, that's just a big thing. Anytime somebody goes to their home track, you usually have that little bit of an advantage. And, um, you know, it doesn't hurt for sure. Halfway through the season now, eight of 16 races in the books, three wins, third in points. Like you mentioned earlier, a tough start to the season, a 25th at the South Boston Speedway to open up the year. But uh, overall, big picture, how would you kind of sum up the first eight races uh, of your your season? Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit up and down. We've, we've seemed to have righted the ship here uh, the last bunch of races. And we had speed all season, which has been great. We were, I think we're faster speed-wise than we were last year, and we had a lot of speed last year. Um, just Doug and, you know, Ronnie and a couple other teams have stepped their game up and and uh, are making it definitely more competitive than it was. And um, we gave Doug, uh, you know, we, we have a, two mulligans with the first two races of the year where we had a little bit of a struggle at Myrtle Beach with our pitch strategy, and then uh, I got us crashed at South Boston. So we kind of spotted them 30-something points, and that's about what we are back right now. So um, I'm not too worried about the points yet. We've uh, been clipping away at them a little bit here by here, and, um, you know, I think we, we still have half a season to go, and, our cars are really fast, but his are too. So um, we're going to need him to have a mulligan to get back in it. But, um, you know, we're, we're trying our damnedest to, uh, to win as many as we can and get all the bonus points we can. But they've been right there with us. So it's, uh, it's going to hopefully be a, uh, a great battle the whole second half between uh, right now it looks like the three of us with uh, Ronnie and Doug so, and myself. So uh, hopefully it's a great points battle for the rest of the season. And speaking of points battle, another driver that we've really been watching and talking about, we've had him on the show earlier, is also Craig Lutz. And if you look at really the consistent finishes in the NASCAR Will and Modified Tour, a lot of those cars and drivers are running LFR chassis. And we've talked to Doug about, you know, the the good finishes that have come throughout that team, throughout that chassis. We saw you guys have a dominant year last year with that. What is it, Ben, that LFR has hit on that has really helped these teams, you know, step up above some of these other chassis? Uh, they're just, uh, you know, really, really great race cars. And, um, you know, they're well-designed and well-put-together, and everything just fits to them perfectly. And But most importantly, you got to have a good crew chief, and Ryan Stone does an unbelievable job uh, with our race team. And, and leading our group and, and keeping everybody, um, you know, pointed in the right direction. And we have great pit stops. And it's just uh, it's a team effort from top to bottom. And um, we can't do it without Ryan and all of his hard work. I remember uh, Ryan Stone's been around a long time in this business. Uh, I remember when he used to run street stocks on a regular basis at the Thompson Speedway. So a great guy to have on your side for sure. Next up, uh, the NASCAR Modified Tour heads to the New Hampshire Motor Speedway next weekend. Double header action as it has been the last five years with the All-Star event on Friday, which you won last year, the 100-lapper on Saturday. Uh, before we talk about each of the individual events, how taxing is that for a team uh, to, to race two events plus practice plus qualify on back-to-back days on, on a very busy race weekend up in New Hampshire? It's actually not as bad as you would think. Um, you know, the first couple of years, it was a little, uh, little, little bit of a, a, a headache and a lot to, to, you know, deal with in a weekend. But uh, you know, it's the fifth or sixth running in that event now, so 
Um, they've got a really good schedule. We, we as a team, usually select to run just the one race car, and uh, we use that all-star race more as a practice than anything. And uh, last year, it just worked out where our car was really good. We were able to get out to the lead and uh, work the inverts and all those games uh, perfectly for us. But, um, you know, we try not to uh, try not to put ourselves in any position where we lose our primary car, but it's also good, and it's the best practice that you're going to get in the draft with your, with your car, and it's like a free test session. So, uh, it's not too much of a big deal. The guy's got to mount an extra set of tires. Um, but other than that, it's just, um, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of extra work, but the guys, uh, they're all game to do it. And, you know, if we, if we have a fifth place car, you just got to kind of finish where you are in that race. But, uh, you know, last year we had a shot at the win, so we, we went for it, but, uh, it's just one of those events that is fun for the fans. And at the same time, it's good to, uh, see what your car is going to do and, uh, get a sleep on, a sleep on some thoughts of what you did the first day that will help you the second day when it really matters. Looking forward to going to that race. Got to go to it last year, working it again for NASCAR home tracks next weekend. Always fun to have, you know, the tour there as well as other series um, running with NASCAR. But we, a lot of the talk has been about how the NASCAR will and modified tour has kind of separated itself from maybe some of other of NASCAR's regional touring because of the prestige and some of the drivers that have really made names for themselves in the tour. What is it about the modified tour that sets itself apart and where does that prestige come from? Oh, it's just the great history of the series. And, um, you know, it goes back so many years and so many decades and just all the great racing and all the great drivers that, come before us that have, have get helped, you know, build the, the series up to the, what it is. And NASCAR does a great job of, you know, promoting our series um, and, and just making it even better with all the social media and, and all the, all the advertisement we get as, as a series. And, um, but more than anything, it's just great racing. And our, our division puts on some of the best racing in the country. And um, if you have great racing and exciting racing, that's going to bring the fans. And um, it just all comes together in that way. That kind of leads up into my next question. A lot of people don't realize uh, that the Modified Tour, although it was established in 1985, um, had a national-type point system well before that, dating back into the 1940s. Talking about New Hampshire a moment ago, this year will be the 30th year that the NASCAR Modifieds have run at the Magic Mile. Mike McLaughlin won the first race there in September of 1990. What was your first memory going there uh, either as a fan or, or maybe even as a driver was your first time at New Hampshire in the driver's seat as part of the event. Uh, I actually remember both quite well. I went up to, uh, to watch, I think it might've been the year before I started on the tour. I'd already uh, had our plans in place for the 2010 season. And I went up there to watch with a couple friends. We drove all the way there. And I remember saying, man, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be something if the whole field crashes on the start and we drove five hours to watch this and sure enough, the whole field crashed on the initial <laughs> front straightaway of the race. And, uh, we didn't even get to stay and watch the whole race. I think they ended up finishing the modified after one of the other divisions, one of the national series. And uh, we really got to see a handful of laps. But, um, you know, to go back as a as a rookie and, you know, it, back in the, you know, when I started in 2010, there was, a you know, the best of the best were still on the series. You had Stefanik and Christopher and uh, guys like that. And to go up there and, you know, and draft with them and, and be a part of it, it was, uh, it was quite intimidating at first. And it took a few years for me to get the hang of it. But, uh, I feel like now we've got the, the right package in place and um, we can now be one of the top cars with a shot to win when we go up there each time. Well, a championship on your resume and three wins already in the 2019 season. Set yourself up pretty good to you know contend for another championship this year. But, Justin, thanks for coming on again today and congratulations on your win this past weekend. 
Um, enjoy the off weekend, and we'll see you in New Hampshire. Thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure to be on, and we'll see you both up in New Hampshire in a week or two. That was Justin Bonds, and you are on the guest line this past weekend's NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour winner at... It's time for some straight talk. Look, we all know the sound. It happens. Your phone. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection that covers those kinds of mishaps. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data, plus more features like 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless only at Walmart. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assuring.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Trusted to be seen. Trusted to be heard. Trusted to perform. Smell that tire smoke and race fuel? For some, it's a toxic smell. For us, it's intoxicating. It's the smell of Kyle Busch's eighth-season win and Truex's comeback in Pocono. The sweet smell of Eric Jones's first Cup Series win. Take a deep breath, and if you smell it too, you're family now. 2018 was a great season for the Toyota Racing family. Buckle up for 2019. Follow us at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark for the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Lots of racetracks lit things up this past weekend all across the states as we celebrated the 4th of July fireworks show and racing action. A lot of drivers found their way into victory lane, including at Madera Speedway is Austin Herzog and Tyler Herzog. Um, followed by Matt Erickson in the late model division. Also at All-American Speedway out in Roseville, California. Uh, Jeremy Doss won the first late model event, followed by Jason Romero and John Moore. And then Jason Romero won the second one, followed by Jeremy Doss and Jason Aguirre, also in the Midwest. The Dells Raceway, where Gabe Summers won their super late model event, followed by Casey Johnson and Mike Litchfield. New Smyrna Speedway, they held the Clyde Hart Memorial over the weekend. Jeff Shaquette. Picked up the race win in the super late models at the Stafford Motor Speedway. Keith Rocco won for the second time this year in the SK Modifieds. And at Tucson Speedway in Arizona, they ran the Firecracker 50 for their local truck series. And Mariah McGriff, the granddaughter to West Coast legend Herschel McGriff, was able to hold off Sarah Houston to claim the win in that field. Mariah also won the night's pro stock race. And at Meridian Speedway in Idaho, it was Casey Tillman picking up the win in the twin modified features, it was Casey in one race and uh, Zach uh, Thedford, or Telford, that is, in race number two at uh, one of your home racetracks. But you're right, Hannah, a lot of firework displays, a lot of Fourth of July celebrations this past weekend that were incorporated into these race programs. And there's more racing on the local level this up and coming weekend as well. But NASCAR's regional series are off this weekend, but their international series is in full force. The Pinty Series doubles up with IndyCar as they do the Grand Prix of Toronto. Also, NASCAR Euro has round nine at Raceway Venray and also Peak Mexico at El Dorado Speedway. We'll have all those results next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. For Kyle Ricky and Hannah Newhouse producers Craig Moore and Brian Yesowich, this was NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, and we will see you guys next week. NASCAR Coast to Coast has been brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. NASCAR Coast to Coast can be found on MRN.com, Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved. It's time for some straight talk. Look, we all know the sound. It happens. Your phone. 
You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection that covers those kinds of mishaps. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data, plus more features like 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless only at Walmart. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assuring.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply.